Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, want to shout out through the ringer. It is happening. We are recording Monday nights. We are watching Monday night footballs at Spotify office with the great cousin Sal. Then we're recording the show right after the games, and then it is live on Tuesday mornings. If you don't watch it live on FanDuel TV, you can go to the ringer TV feed on Spotify and watch the full episodes. It's a lot of fun. Cousin Sal is, of course, the best, and uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. First coach fired, all sorts of sentiments. So again, go check that out. It's through the ringer with cousin Sal every Monday night coming out on Tuesday mornings. Go check that out now. There's no better feeling than a personal win and the state farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a state farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor state farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state coverage. Options are selected by the customer availability, amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we have our guy, Kyle Mann, back in the building, and we are doing something we like to call Manic Mondays uh, with Kyle Mann at another end in there. And today we're talking about Coach Prime and his uh, stranglehold on the college football culture and college sports culture in general. And if we can find a coach prime for the basketball side of things, we'll figure that out. We'll dissect that. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the 2024 NBA draft class and why it's so kind of meh, just, just meh, you know, no one's excited about it. No one's talking about it. It's not Wimbenyama. It's not LeBron James. It's, uh, it's just what it is. It's happening and we're going to deal with it, but we'll talk about the top names you need to know. We'll also do some shout outs. Kyle's got some good shout outs today. Kyle, anything else before we get into today's episode? Nope. Just looking for some in-network therapists because I'm happy and sad about the Pats. <laughs> it was a sad ending, but it's nice to see oh, we're working man. on our late game lateral situation. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical They're foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. Welcome into One Shining Podcast. I am your host, Tate Frazier, and I am joined on another Manic Monday at an end to it with the great Kyle Mann. Kyle Mann, I can't wait to talk about Coach Prime today, but first and foremost, how are you doing on this Manic Monday? Jay Kyle Manic, man. All kinds of people call <laughs> me that in my life. I'm not just my manic energy. Uh, I'm doing great, Tate. I, I appreciate you naming this segment after me. I, I mm. hope something sticks to this effect. Um, I don't know. I've had a lot of nicknames over the years. Um, I don't know. None of them have really ever stuck. You know, I had some coworkers call me K-Bone. That was one that stuck for a while. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I like that. Uh, I, as a kid, one time jokingly, like, parroted something I saw on a TV show about wanting to be called Butch. And my mom, mm. for years, would tell these stories about, like, you wanted to be called Butch. I was like, Mom, I was repeating a line from a TV show. But nothing ever stuck, you know. <laughs> the shooter, they called me that because I shot too much. You ever, you, do you have any monikers that stuck on you, Tate, real quick? No, I mean... Luckily for me, there weren't many other Tates around. So uh, when I was growing up, they were just like, okay, you go by Tate. My brother's name was Gil with two L's. I mean, sometimes they forgot one of the L's because they thought he might be Gilbert. But uh, two L's, uh, four letters, super easy. We never got called by our last names. I, I find that fascinating. A lot of people, they go different places, whether it be the jump from high school to college. They, you know, are called their first name in high school. They go to college. People call them by their last name. You know what I mean? There's always that phenomenon. And uh, no, but it's it's been simple for me. It's been easy. Uh, and I know that I'm fortunate, you know what I mean? I'm privileged in the sense that people, I didn't have another Tate next to me. People were just like, all right, Tate, cool. We'll leave it be. There's been some tater tots, of course, you know, a lot sure. of tater tots, a lot of people trying to get in on that joke. My kindergarten teacher, Miss Gobble, what a name. Uh, she was always, yeah, right. Great. Trying name to call you tater tot. That's kind of, that's out of bounds. I think I don't, I, I mean, don't know about that. When one. you're in kindergarten, you love tater tots and you're like, Hell, you, you never you're just like, wow, this one, this one hits. Uh, but you leave it there in kindergarten and you move on. But uh, yeah, never a nickname guy. Master Tate, Tate the Snake. What are you talking about? Oh, Tate yeah, I guess Shay, Shay Serrano tried to slander me once upon a time. When I'm trying to make this man a podcast, we'd get on the phone, have a great conversation. I'm like, oh, man, Shay's the best. What a nice guy. Then I get on Twitter and he's like, just got off the phone with the snake. Hiss, hiss, hiss. And then I have like <laughs> 500 quote tweets being like, Tate the fucking snake, da, da, da. And I'm like, what is happening? I don't know what reality is. Um, and then luckily, Cousin Sal came in and was like, what can we actually call you? And uh, Master Bait, Master Tate, 
rolls off the tongue. We we stuck with that. But you know, that's all I, I got. I don't have it's still around Tate though. You know what I mean? Nothing. I else. appreciate Shay's energy. I, I've never really gotten to know Tate or uh, Shay or Miche, but I appreciate his energy of like manufacturing <laughs> rivalries. I tried when <laughs> right. I first started at the Ringer to manufacture manufacture a rivalry with Justin Barrier. It kind of didn't really take mm. off because Justin would just kind of sit back and laugh. He never really kind of <laughs> swung back at me. I was right. you know I I I just I like that energy, but. Maybe I'll find somebody to duel with. I don't know. Maybe it'll be Kyle. I don't know. We'll you, see. You, need, you need a sparring partner uh, at the end of the day. And like, I wasn't trying to spar with Shay because I was so green anyway in this whole thing. I wanted everyone to like me. And then I realized that's dumb in general. But um, <laughs> I was so shook because Shay is the nicest guy. But like you said, online, he has these rivalries. And uh, I was on the other side of it once upon a time. Luckily, we... we uh, Something happened. I can't even remember, but he he pulled a ceasefire on me. He was like, Tate the Snake is dead. We have moved all of our arms to someone else. Can't um, remember in the Probably when he finally got here. a podcast. <laughs> I think it was, right? Right. Because he's like bullying you me. until he got what he wanted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I and I'm trying to give him a podcast. I'm like, let's do this pilot. And he's like, can't do it. Can't do it that day. And then he'd go on Twitter and be like, I am begging to do this podcast. <laughs> and they're holding me back. <laughs> I'm like, what the what the hell's happening? Oh, what a time. Um, but yeah, there we go. I love that. Here we are, Manic Mondays. And we got a good prompt today, Kyle, man, because it was the weekend of Coach Prime. He is not Deion Sanders. He is Coach Prime. He is Optimus Prime. And he had six national shows on campus in Boulder on Saturday for the Colorado Colorado State game, which had a lot of, uh, you know, celebrity sightings. Uh, Mark Jones opened up the broadcast saying it looked like the BET Awards, which some people thought was uh, you know, quite interesting to say the least. He had Master P there with his two sons um, wearing It's Personal, the T-shirt. That was incredible. The week before, we had the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, I just want to ask oh. you, Kyle, man, is, is Coach Prime taking over college sports? Is it as simple as that? Oh, he already did. I mean, I, I, <laughs> when I when I heard the BET comment, I didn't hear the source. And I was just like, who said that? I was like, hopefully it wasn't like Kirk Herbstfried or somebody. Uh, no, I... And it was funny, too, to hear, like, um, I pointed out the Wu-Tang thing as, like, being pretty, I don't, I don't remember. I don't know if they're big college football fans or not, but I had a bunch of people well actually me being like, oh, well, they had a show in Denver. I'm like, well, people are in the same city all the time and they don't right. link up. It's still, they still, <laughs> it's still significant that they came over. Um, no, but I mean, I, I honestly, when this first started happening, I was... I tweeted out that I thought that this had immediate Fab Five energy. Like it, it just something something is different about this. And I, I, I mean, obviously, the central thing here is is Dion. But if his sons hadn't come through, you know, obviously they have Travis Hunter too, who you know got out with like I what did he ever end up getting diagnosed? Is it just like a flat out like concussion or what's going on with him? They just said he's out for three weeks, so he he will not be playing against Oregon. He will not be playing against Arizona State, and then there's another I think USC. USC is it? Yeah, yeah. right. So he's going to miss three of the biggest games, which is really sad. And uh, we'll talk about that specific play in general. But I mean, yeah, he, his two sons have five touchdowns in this game. Game on national TV and they were dramatic events. And then after the game, you got Shador Sanders, got the ESPN cameraman being like, show your wrist, <laughs> like just show, like show the world, like where we're at. Like it felt, it feels like there's a push for Colorado to be at the forefront of college football because we have no other major storylines. Georgia sucks. Alabama sucks. Nobody knows who to talk about. And like, thank God for college football. It is Dion and it's coach prime, more specifically coach prime. He's the face of college football right now. Yeah, this mania, this like cultural overreach, like this mania thing. I does it really happen in the NBA? Does it really happen in the NFL where like there there becomes this like Beatlemania type thing where like everybody got mad at the Heat because they were mad. I mean, they they were focusing on them. I guess it's the same energy, the, the same like love hate. You know, <laughs> one of my buddies used to say, uh, "What is hate but love's reluctance?" Uh, I, it's like they're so close together the same kind of energy was like compelling people to follow them, but they, everybody wanted them to fail. You know, I'm sure that there were little kids out there who were new to basketball who were like, this is awesome. The best players are on the same team. So that was kind of a thing pushing people. But I can't think of a thing in pro sports where people are being rallied to follow something. It seems like a thing that happens in college. And what is that? Like, why, why is it unique to college? Um, what is it about like the star, like the, the stars that came out to this game, Lil Wayne, I mean, he kind of deflated. 
who know you know i guess he's kind of sport specific he can be sort of a kentucky basketball supporter which we humbly accept obviously and and then also his football team is is uh is colorado but you got little wayne you got the rock you got billups billups obviously a former buff himself kyle lowry Kawhi. you know i saw somebody point out that like the clippers can't even get Kawhi to come out to a game so yeah right you know that was a significant thing uh key glock master p of course, Master P's hanging around Louisville a lot these days. He's kind of flirted with different college programs over the year, but over the years. But I don't, I don't feel like this happens in pro sports so much, does it? Like, or am I, am I being short sighted with this? What do you think? I mean, sometimes when you have like a specific player, like Michael Vick or like Cam Newton, I remember Jeezy and Future came to a Carolina Panthers playoff game against the Seahawks. And obviously Future came because he was trying to stick it to Russell Wilson, but also because Cam was this cultural phenomenon, like they were they were making a run. They were 15 and one on the year. All signs were Cam Newton was going to gonna go win a Super Bowl. Right. And Cam was already at Auburn and already kind of had this cultural phenomenon moment. So this is the pro version, but it started in college. You know what I mean? And I think that's the other part. A lot of the times the story begins in college and then we take it over into the pros and then we want to buy into it. But the, really the first love was in college when we saw the the unnurtured version or we saw like the beginning story of these guys. I mean, that's why people, when Tim Tebow won that playoff game, right, people were going crazy because we had already seen this guy win national championships, go from the backup, like the H-back to the quarterback, and then he can't throw a football 15 yards, but then he wins a playoff game on a seven yard Tebow. slant to Demarius Thomas. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. But it all starts in college, and I think it's just the... Uh, Look, it's a manic Monday. There, there is mania. There is manic in energy around college programs, and especially a rivalry game. I think that was the best part about this Colorado State Colorado game. Is like everyone came in from the national, but then you're watching a local rivalry. There's also this like conversation had before where Jay Norvell, the coach of uh, Colorado State, said that you know he takes his hat and sunglasses off when he talks to adults. That's what his mama taught him. I almost, I almost wonder if we've got like a Jerry Lawler, like Andy Kaufman thing going on. Because when I saw that <laughs> quote come out, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, what? knowing what was going on, knowing Why? the little things Why? that Dion is hanging on to. I, I, part of me was just like, this is 100% Kaufman, Lawler on, on Letterman. Like this is staged. And if it isn't staged, here's the thing. I, I think what we get so buttoned up and pro like buttoned to the very top, this this is dear old alma mater. This is the way things play the fight song. This is integrity. And there's a way we do things. And it's like there is a common denominator among these teams that have these like cultural impacts. And it's just that like these guys come in and they don't follow the traditional decorum. They come in and they and they challenge people. You know, Penny got in trouble for this a couple of years ago with the fuck Rick Barnes thing. That was a little <laughs> different energy. It wasn't as right. like swaggy. I'm just like confident kind of a thing. But it's like these teams that come in and don't follow the typical like, you know, etiquette and things like that of how to behave. But, you know, don't be outwardly confident. Don't don't beat your chest. Don't, you know, talk about how great you are. Don't do things like that. But secretly, we love it because sports like it's the reason that wrestling continues to be a thing is because people love this shit, man. They love this. They love to be entertained. You know, the sport itself. There's a reason why, like, the nerdiest corners of sports coverage aren't the most popular. People want to see the show. They want to see the Ric Flair energy. Like, Which, I, I just yeah. think that, that that seems like that's the thing that's going on here to me. And that's what Dion has done because he has looked at the show and he says, I'm going to be the star of this show. I'm going to say daggum and darn it. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to tell these kids the truth. And I'm going to, you know, look at the sky and thank God every time something good happens. Like, I'm going to play the hits for these fans because I know what the college football fans want. I played for Bobby Bowden. I know what I'm supposed to say. But also, I'm going to do it in my own way where I have this swagger, this confidence, this bravado, this brashness that gets the headlines. And I'm going to take all of the attention so that my players, and then I tell my players I love them. I put them in positions to do well. Um, it, it's very, I felt like when I watched this game on Saturday night, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I felt like I was watching Remember the Titans, right? But like this modern version of it where you have Denzel Washington, uh, which is played by Coach Prime on the sidelines, right? And he has galvanized, like we saw it on 60 Minutes, right? This is a 1% black town that is now supporting probably the blackest team we've seen in college football on a power five level. And they are in harmony together. 
And then you got like this guy on Colorado State number 11 who looks like Ray from Remember the Titans, right? The the kid that was friends with Gary Bertier. And he like takes a cheap shot on Travis Hunter. But then they cut to the crowd and it's like these white kids in Boulder and they're going crazy and they're upset. <laughs> and it was like this, it's like kind of this beautiful symmetry where it's like he's playing the hits to make this crowd and this university and this group of people buy into it. But also he's staying true to who he is and to the culture, quote unquote, the at large culture that that is going on with, you know, with Colorado in general right now. And it is unbelievably poetic that it worked out. This They were dead to rights in this game. I thought the game was over. I'm watching about 10 minutes left to go in the game. I'm saying, wow, this is going to be an ultimate. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have egg on your face after this game if you're if you're prime. You're going to have to go in and say, great game by Jay Norvell, great coaching. Uh, we learned a lot today. You know, this, this kind of kills the momentum. But instead, you have Shador Sanders in overtime lead a Tom Brady-esque drive. And then after, he's like, I went Brady mode. Uh, which only elevates Shador Sanders. Then you got Tom Brady engaging, being like, I text Shador after every game, which is insane, right? Talk about cultures colliding, right? A Bill Belichick culture now colliding with a prime culture. And I think that is what's happening. It's like, even if you don't want to pull for prime, he's he's somehow pulling these two opposite contrasting things together. And if you're against it, you're really the bad guy. You're the villain in the movie. You're Ray. You're Ray and remember the Titans if you don't want Colorado to win and to succeed. And he's doing it with his kids. And he's taking the brunt of it all. And he's also including everyone. Like Cameron's on the sidelines. Michael Irvin's on the sidelines. Like none of these guys should be next to each other, high five and have the time of their lives. But we get to watch it because of one man. And uh, I think well, it's honestly Michael incredible. Michael Irvin's his boy. Like those, those right. are, yeah, they're like longtime friends, right? Day yeah. ones, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and we get to see that connection. And like the fact that we get to see Dipset on the sidelines and Wu-Tang Clan, right? If you're just a fan of <laughs> pop culture, you're just, you're enamored. And I didn't even know the Wu-Tang Clan got together like that anymore. It sounds like they're touring around. But the fact that you saw all of them in Boulder, Colorado, like what in the absolute hell is going on? And he's beating these guys at their own game. Like I said, he is saying the right things. He's not cussing. He's telling everyone to come to the arena and show respect, right? But at the same time, Little Wayne comes out and does an entire intro for the team. <laughs> like it, he's got both sides covered, which is incredible. Yeah. One one thing I want to give Dion credit for in the Colorado program, there's an evolution here that I think is really important. That they they are they are like taking the the you know sort of the repertoire of cool teams of the past. And making little tweaks and, and, and adjustments that I, th- you know, maybe this has happened before and I'm not taking like a solid, like thorough inventory of the cool teams of the past, but because this subject fascinates me in, endlessly, but he's having microphones available to these guys in a way that I think is really effective. You know, in the locker room, you've got, you know, I forget who, who was it in the locker room that did, like performed after the game? Like they were just ready to roll. Like, was it offset? I don't even know. I, I, might I, I have didn't been even... offset. I saw offset like getting the crowd <laughs> jacked up. You know, before the game, you had Lil Wayne out there who looked like he could like, bless his heart, could like barely hear himself. Like I, mm-hmm. he, he looked like he was like in this miserable echo chamber. But it speaks to him that he was out there still doing it because he re- wanted to be there. I just think that's a key tweak. Um, the whole the whole thing is just really interesting to watch, like the way like Dabo puts himself out front and everybody gets mad about it, and the way Dion puts himself out front. Also, Dion ranking his kids, incredible, openly ranking his kids. You know, yeah. I, I I I just thought that was pretty fascinating. I, what, I mean, you all, what, we we all have siblings, right, Kyle? You have siblings, Tate. You have siblings, yeah, right. Where, if you if you honestly had to like you know assess your actual ranking. Where do you think you would rank? Do you th- you think you're number one? I've shot up. You're you're what, Kyle? I've shot up in the last couple of years. Oh, good. Shout out to some uh, trouble with the law that the other guys ran into that nobody saw oh. coming. Mm. Um, but um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I was probably easy easy fourth, like I don't know, eight ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm two. I don't think I'll ever be one. I've got a sister who's a got a doctorate in physical therapy, and you know, yeah. just. Just is just good. Never did anything wrong. I don't know. I don't even think she's ever like broken any items in my parents' house. So like that's gonna be that's that's like so she'd have to you know be a serial killer or something. Like we'd have to find out later. But yeah, I think I'll so, be. I'm two now. Yeah. Sometimes you can never be one. Like I'll never be one. I'm always two. My brother was first. He's valedictorian. He's a lawyer. He's got two kids. He went that's... to Carolina. He's perfect. You know what I mean? Like he's literally perfect. I had no chance. 
which is why I was so mad. I was like, I'll never be number one. You know what I mean? There was like a, it was like a fixed game. You know, it's like there's Doctor Evil and I'm number two, and I'll never be, I'll never be number one. I can't get there. So. I checked like, the, I checked the yeah. rankings after the marriage. Didn't do much. Right. Didn't even move. I really thought <laughs> there- I was like, I was like, oh, let's wait till the Monday poll comes out. Nope. No, nope. <laughs> like we didn't move at all. We had a nice win. <laughs> Is there a live rankings build on the ringer? We should actually pitch that. I think, you know, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, you got, yeah. Tate seems like he has kind of like a Dewey Cox thing. Just, you know, obviously right. solution. The wrong brother. Like, yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> cut your brother in half. Tate. He seems like a great guy for Gil. Sounds like a great guy from what everything I've heard. I, I have a similar thing. My younger sister. Yeah. was like just straight A's all the way through. Just like, you know, she, she, she got such good grades. My parents got her a car. I mean, that's what we're dealing <laughs> right. with here. You know, I got a full ride and everything. I was the only person in my family not to get a full ride. So they're, you know, me- mega wandering in life hours from, from, uh, uh, from J. Kyle Mann. So, you know, we've kind of, I don't know, I haven't checked the rankings. I don't dare ask, but mm. uh, I think we're all kind of in similar boats. We Maybe maybe that's our scrappy energy between the right. three of us, you know? Maybe that's what that is. You're never satisfied when you're not number one in your own family. And I think that's actually good for you. Um, it works at the end. I want to say one last thing about uh, Coach Prime, because then I want to talk about who could be the Coach Prime in college uh, basketball. But in the 60 Minutes interview, I thought this was a great moment that kind of sums up what we're talking about. They ask him simply, do you fly fish, right? Which is people in Colorado, they love the fly fish, right? This is an outdoors you know, place is what people want to do. He answered, no, I don't. I do fish, though, which is like he's giving them what they want, right? He's giving them a little bit of what they want. And he said, and I'm fly while I'm doing it. Oh so I guess I do fly God. fish. Wow. I mean, come on. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, he is he's saying what they want to hear, but he's taking it like he's bringing in other people. Like, that is a question that should be simply answered. And the fact that he says, no, I don't. I do fish and I am fly while I'm doing it. So I guess I do fly fish is an incredible. <laughs> that is that that whole moment. I was like, this is why this guy's winning right now. Colorado. That's that's spin right there, baby. That is. Well, he's a born pastor. I mean, like his his opening <laughs> video that went viral from him, like when he met the team and he just kept saying, I'm coming strategically. I was like, this guy right. is an orator. If he had if he had like lived back like back in the day, he would have been like a, a politician <laughs> before football, I guess, became a huge thing. This guy just has an incredible ability to to just wax poetic um fishing man one of those things that i uh i, I anytime i hear people talk about fly fishing I'm, it's one of those it's one of those activities that i'm like i want to do it but i'm never going to bridge that gap but that the effort it takes to go do it i'm not trying mm. to get on this but uh i don't know <laughs> i i uh yeah just uh, <laughs> dion sick yeah, Dion is 100% right. And like you said, I just feel like there's a lot of things that you have to know. There's innate knowledge in fly fishing that if I went there green and tried to do it, I would just feel like an imbecile the entire time and I'd probably piss off the other people who are actually fly fishing. It's kind of like when you go to a golf course sometimes and if you don't know what you're doing, there's so much etiquette that is inherent that if you, you know, you're just breaking unwritten rules all the time and people are giving you bad looks and you're just like, this is not fun. I'm not having a good time. So, but just Dion the fact that you have that. that thought means that you couldn't be a Dion. Because Dion mm-hmm. would never think that. Dion would just right. go in there and own the space. That's kind of right. that's what Dion is. That's what Dion does. And let's talk about if there is a Dion in college basketball, because I am trying to rack my brain to figure out who it could be. And Penny Hardaway is probably the first name that comes to mind because Penny, first thing you need to have is the cool factor, right? I mean, Prime is cool. Prime has been cool for 30 plus years at this point. Penny Hardaway has that same cachet, so he checks the box there. But you talked about the ability to be a pastor almost, to be able to kind of speak the good word, to never break, to always spin things in your direction. I mean, it is an art form. And I think that Penny, like you said, he's broken a few times, like saying F Rick Barnes or, you know what I mean? I've been cheated by the refs against FAU. I mean, there's there's been some moments where he kind of broke character. And now you can't go back and like be Mr. Suave, Mr. Cool, Mr. You know, it doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. Everything's settled. So Penny is probably the first name that comes to mind, but not really the answer. Is there anyone else, Kyle, man? If I give you this prompt that you're like, maybe this guy could be the prime of college basketball. This is tough because there's a few guys that like check some of the boxes, but not all of them across the board. Like you talked about the cool factor, like the the coolest athletes, I think of the 90s. I think you could say Dion. I think you'd say probably Allen Iverson. MJ obviously had a different thing going on. Uh, Ken Ken Griffey Jr., I think, was pretty respected, pretty cool. You remember when Ken Griffey Jr. showed up at the end of Little Big League? Just that shot of him. It's like, of course, damn, just so cool with the chains and everything. Um. Yeah. Is there anybody else just on that level? I'm trying to think of just like the pantheon of like the guys that were just like 
enter a room, they're instantly cool. I can't think of another I mean, one that's... I think KG and Vince Carter, but they were young babies back then. But I think they were coming into their own where everyone's like, oh my God, this Kevin Garnett, this Vince Carter, right? They were like 98 to 2000 at the end. Um, and then you had like AI also, right? I mean, AI was kind of becoming, you know what I mean? But they were kind of like early 2000s when they were fully formed. So they were like starting to grow into it. Shaq, Shaq's in there, right? AI is interesting because you have the two sport credibility. Anybody mm-hmm. you talk to is like, this guy could have been like an NFL kick return. Could have been Mike like Vick. Kick. Yeah. Mike Vick. Yeah. I mean, the, you got the credibility. You've got the cool. The thing is, AI wasn't necessarily, I mean, some of his hip hop stuff is actually kind of interesting. I mean, some of it was like problematic, but his like actual ability <laughs> on some of those tracks, he sounded really right. comfortable and natural, but he just, I, he never really had the interest in doing that. It's cool to hear him talk to younger players. Now you look at like, Jalen Rose has some of that too. Mm. He didn't hit the same levels of credibility. I mean, he was a great NBA player getting to where he got to. It was an accomplishment in and of itself. I don't want to downplay anything, but um, the Fab Five credibility and all that stuff. Jalen kind of, he checks a lot of the boxes. He does seem interested in mentoring younger players. I'm just thinking about when I think about Dion entering a household, now Penny has this with young players. I think T-Mac, mm-hmm. if he ever chose to coach, would have a similar thing where you bring up T-Mac, you bring up them as players. I think some of the like their aesthetic and the way they move is part of it too, where you're just like, damn, like th- that guy was good. Like it, it evokes that kind of reaction. And I'd imagine when Dion comes into these houses, the dads get up and give them like the full-blown dap, like bring it in, like, oh my mm-hmm. God, you're my hero energy. <laughs> Benny has some of that. I feel like Dwayne Wade kind of has some of that like aesthetic, but he's just not the same level. The talker part of it is the thing that separates it. Whereas if you talk about like Kevin Garnett had the credibility, honestly, I think historically he might be a little underrated, to be mm-hmm. frank with you. And then same. but he doesn't he didn't hit the same I don't feel like Kevin Garnett's marketability was the exact same. Am I crazy? Like he never, he never crossed over into like full blown. I have a shoe territory. Like I had Dion shoes when I was growing up. It was one of the cooler, one of the few football shoes that were cool to wear. Those are some of the guys that come to mind for me. I don't know. Am I, do you think I'm off or on with some of my assessment as sort of the boxes to check there? What do you think? I think a hundred percent Jalen Rose is probably the, closest we could get to to Dion as far as like he had the Fab Five cachet, um, but he would have to be at Michigan, I think. I think it would have to be at that school. And obviously, Jawan Howard, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to him. Legit, he's having like a heart procedure right now. But Oof. if Jalen was the coach at Michigan, I think he could kind of pull these same punches and be cool. And all these, you know, dads are like, man, I remember the Fab Five. I remember Jalen. I love Jalen. He's been on TV. He's done media. He knows how to be that orator. He knows how to talk to people. He has his foundation. He's given back to the community. But I still think like Prime is like the A plus and Jalen's like the A, right? I mean, he's just a never, he's just like another level of general public consumption. And also he doesn't have like, there's not a, I mean, even though Jerry Rice got the best of Dion at times, right? There's not a 81 point Kobe performance where the trolls can go and point to it and say, your coach had Kobe drop 81 on him. So I think that unfortunately like kind of changes the, whatever the level of cool is because of that stupid little (laughs) wrinkle in the conversation. So I think Jalen is in that conversation. I think if Jerry Stackhouse didn't want the Carolina job and actually was brash and actually said um, what he really thought and stuck his neck out there and said, I'm freaking Jerry Stackhouse and F you. And this is how we do things. And he does do some F you in though. Let's be fair. He's, but he didn't back down from anybody. (laughs) It's a little bit like more understated because I think he wants the, to be considered for an, NBA job, obviously, and a job like Carolina. So, like, I think he's almost more muted than he would be if he was completely out there. Rasheed Wallace. That's if what I was going to say. Thank you. Yeah. Wallace is a universal approval rating right. basketball That's, player. Yeah. That is the one that I think if you could have a school like a LMU, not to, I mean, they have a great situation with Stan. So, not, but like a school that's small that he could just completely be embraced by and you let him be Rasheed. You let him be who he is. You put smart people around 
around him. You let him do press conferences. You let him deal with the officials. Um, I mean, the show of Rasheed Wallace being a head coach would be unbelievable. And imagine if he has Bonzi Wells, right, as his right-hand man. And then those are the two guys that are like, they had a podcast together. Now they're coaching the team and they're Let's get Kintel so Woods in here, player development. Right. Let's just Come go on. all out. Yeah. Come on, let's go all out. So I think he's a guy that I would throw into that group that could definitely be one to move the meter, but you need Rashid to, you know, obviously have an administration that backs him. That's the thing. Prime can play both sides. Like yeah. Prime is bilingual. He can go and talk to the people and he can also go talk to the administrators and give them what they want to hear. That's why I think he's mastered. He's playing the game at the highest level. So you need someone that can do that. I think Jalen could do that. I would. I, I wonder about Rashid in that respect, if he would be willing to do that because he would have to change a little bit of who he is. But if people, if the administrator wanted to support him, then he could do that. So he would be in the mix there. Um, and then another name that I, I don't know if it's as cool, but I think that he would have success is Jason Kidd at the college level. I think Jason Kidd would be able to, he's such a savant, and maybe Rondo's in this conversation. I don't think he has the same, um, you know, willingness to be in front of the camera or whatever, but like having a basketball savant like that and being able to get players in that are, you know, able to be coached at a real level, I just think that they could actually do something major. So Rondo and Kidd, they're not Coach Prime characters, but like the actual basketball part of it, I would find fascinating. And I think they would win in the recruiting battles because of that. So those are just some names. But uh, Rashid's probably my number one pick. Yeah, Rashid just, it's his charm was always a little bit different. It was like, it was never, Rashid was never stepping out there trying to like, you know, entertain people with like his like yarns that he's spinning on this or that subject. Our in, our love for Rasheed was always just like he's his own guy, regardless. Does not care. He's, he's never like going, yeah. he was never marketing himself. You know, I, I like I always felt like I mean, take it from me, like Rasheed was a guy who like. Um, <laughs> I mean, had caused one of the more controversial endings to a season, like a Kentucky season ever. And I like, right. choked, you know, choked one of our guys. And I, <laughs> I, I love Rasheed. So that should tell you something about his appeal. Um, but it always felt tough pure. To like Rasheed never felt like he was like putting on a show. It felt like yeah. that's he wore his heart on his sleeve. It's Barkley-esque. Right. Right. Yeah. He just reacted that way. And, th and then you're just like, well, that's just Rasheed. That's just who he is. Um, I, I feel like there's more uh, marketing behind what Dion's doing. So you have to find someone that also is willing to play the marketing game a little bit, which I think Penny is. You Penny know, can do it. You know who Dion is kind of acting like, honestly, is Calipari, honestly. Because when I was mm. going back and looking at something like if you're you're a bill, like your willingness to embrace that bravado like in the 90s and like the late 80s all of these things were kind of like tied to like hip-hop culture being embraced by the mainstream basically like it hadn't been yet embraced by the mainstream and for these teams to be like synonymous with it that was like an, a rallying spot like these teams that did embrace it all of hip-hop culture would get behind them and you saw it with like the way rappers would wear like the the u satin jackets which are yeah. still freaking dope and then like you saw it with like Georgetown it was like these these spots where the, these rallying points would kind of happen and you're just seeing it happen I mean it's different now you're kind of seeing it with Colorado but I was thinking back about like some of the cool I know we talked about I've amnesia I forget that we've talked about the cool <laughs> college basketball teams all time but I was like rattling through some of them and I was like yeah like the the Iverson Othello Harrington Victor Page Georgetown team Cal has a few in there. I mean, like that UMass team drew, like Can his be. 96 UMass team drew a lot of attention. 08 Memphis was like a really, really good. Derrick Rose, obviously driving a lot style of play, driving a lot of that. Joey Dorsey. And then like the John Wall team. I mean, I feel like those are probably his three coolest teams. But that same kind of like FU energy, I feel like uh, is a thing that like, I'm trying to think of other coaches who have really done that. Cal obviously is a different animal, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it reminds me of. It, it, it's, a, it's an anti-establishment kind of mentality and people rally and they love that. But with the wink, wink that I'm also with the establishment, right? I mean, that's the thing that Cal and Coach Prime have done. It's like Cal is at a blue blood. He is literally a part of the establishment, but still being able to preach anti-establishment philosophies that work under the umbrella of Kentucky saying wink, wink. 
we get it. You know what I mean? This is what works. This is what sells. This is rock and roll for college sports. You guys are you guys are anti-establishment. You're going to shake up the system. I mean, John Wall had a freaking single that was called John Wall, do the John Wall. And he had the Dougie, which like he was dancing to. I mean, he had it was all cultural, right? It's like he had a movement that was going on. Derrick Rose. I mean, he was Chicago. I mean, they, they were with one. And then we all learned about the story of Benji via 30 for 30 and Simeon and that whole culture of their high school. Um, and you got clips of Derrick Rose going one four flat in high school, and you're like, oh my God, this guy's incredible. He's a cultural phenomenon. Marcus Camby was recruited by every school in the country, and then he went to go play for UMass, wink, wink. You know what I mean? That's what everyone was like, what's going <laughs> because, on here? Oh, the shame he was given money, Tate. Oh, so shameful, <laughs> right, so tainted like, and dark and just an- downright anti-establishment immoral. To go to yeah. go to UMass, I mean, that, or, to, or for Derrick Rose to go to Memphis, right? That's very anti-establishment to do that, and um, that's what Prime is doing. He's saying, screw going to Alabama, screw going to Florida State, even though it's my alma mater. I don't even recognize them anymore come play here in boulder this is a new thing a new situation and uh we're gonna be this this and that and i think that is why it's similar to calipari and i think calipari probably looks at coach prime and says tip of the cap you know respect. he's probably I, smiling I, saying <laughs> i miss those days i guarantee right. you cal's doing that like I, I it makes you wonder what it makes you wonder what dion would do will do uh, honestly this this Colorado team, like they're they're putting these wins together. Part of you does. I mean, I th- there's a lot of people I feel like that are obviously waiting for them to fail. Maybe that if even if it's just quietly in the coaching world, which kind of speaks to what we're talking about. But it makes you wonder what he would do or is going to do if given the opportunity to coach. I mean, the equivalent would be if Dion got the Alabama job. That's what it would be. That would mm-hmm. that's what it would be like. I know college fans might like, you know, bristle at me comparing Kentucky basketball to Alabama football. Obviously, they're not exactly the same, but a big like the big job, like arguably the best job, how would he change? Uh because Cal has changed. I mean, he, like he's, you know, he's gotten to the top of the mountain. He's a little bit more He's the man. He fought the man. He yeah. punched up forever, and now there's nobody to punch anymore, really. Mm-hmm. And now you're the one getting punched by everyone below you, and you're saying, wait a second, they're using my own tactics against me. And that's why I think Florida State is still the one that will... I mean, Mike Norvell's doing a great job right now. They struggled against Boston College this weekend, but all in all, Florida State's a top-five team right now, so they're not looking for a coach. But eventually... There will be a a group of people if Dion's formula continues to work and they say, why is this guy who's our guy over here doing this when he should be in Tallahassee? And we'll see if Dion even wants to do it or entertain it. You know what I mean? That could be a whole different conversation. And what does that number look like? He's going to be bad guy of the month or maybe the year whenever that you know comes century. to fruition. Yeah, yeah. century. Who knows? I mean, all I know is that Rasheed Wallace and Coach Prime both have a philosophy, CTC, cut the check. And if you cut the check, they can figure out the rest. And I think that is, uh, that's a great way to be uh, when it comes to college sports because we all know what's going on out here. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about quickly the 24 draft class and how underwhelming it is. We'll be right back. All right, we are back and we're talking about the 24 NBA draft class. There's a lot of mock drafts that are coming out, Kyle, man. Um, As we know, this is how we go, you know, how it goes in the world of uh, NBA basketball. We get the mock drafts. We get the reactions. I know uh, there's a lot of mockers out there that have, uh, you know, different guys in number one. And maybe that confirms that there is not a number one guy. But I'll ask you that simple question. Who's the number one guy in the 2024 NBA draft? You son of a gun! You are you sprung this on me. This is cruel. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, there's not a consensus right now, which you know, consensus is uh, about as valuable as uh, I don't I don't know something. Pick any kind of uh, not valuable item for the comparison here. Um, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know who's going to be the number one pick. Right. I mean, we have our candidates here. We have the guys that like look the part a little bit. Mataz Buzelis is the guy playing for G League Ignite, who um, is is a guy that a lot of people like, a big sort of long, lanky wing. He has some questions. Ron Holland is a guy that Kevin and I talked about on our last. Also, I want to plug, Kevin went to Vegas to go to the G League Invitational right. to watch Perth. Um, another guy, you know, Alexandra, uh, I don't know, I don't know the, the French pronunciation there on Alexander Saar. We'll just stick with the American dumbed down version. Uh, <laughs> Olivier Saar's younger brother, Wake Forest and Kentucky uh, player. I won't say Star because he didn't play well for us, but um, he's another guy who's been really promising. And then you've got obviously DJ Wagner, you know, you've got mm. uh, Dewan Wagner's son who could, who could climb the board. You've got Justin Edwards. If I had to place a bet, I mean, 
You've got a big wing. I think Justin Edwards is a really prime candidate to maybe get there. I think Buzelis could stick there. Um, the whole point here, though, you know, I'm kind of talking in circles because there isn't a consensus and there isn't there aren't these like very, very popular, broad, like um, eyeball magnet sort of storylines like there were last year, like the drop from last year to this year on that front. Wimby, obviously historically special. Uh, is pretty huge, pretty precipitous. Like uh, I, I don't know. Is there is there somebody? I mean, I. If you made me pick, let's let's just make me pick here. I'd say it'll probably probably be Holland at the end of the day because mm. I feel like people are going to pick Buzelis apart. I think there's some arguments for Holland that like a big six eight switchable guy with some playmaking skills, if the shot comes around, that types of thing. That's probably who I would bet on right now. But I. I would not bet any substantial amount of money on that, to be honest with you. It does feel like Holland just kind of has fallen into, like he's the most consistent guy of this group, and he's the one that every time you watch, you can see good things happening. He competes hard. I think the best quality that Holland has is his heart. I mean, you watch him in the Hoop Summit, and this guy's trying like it's you know his state championship game, and I'm like, okay, I like Ron Holland. He's playing with the G League Ignite. I think that'll be good experience for him. I can see that. Buzelis, I wanted him to play college basketball, but I don't blame him. I asked one of my scout friends about him, and they said he's Mike Dunleavy. Um, so I don't know if I take Mike Dunleavy number one, which I do think Mike Dunleavy is a good basketball player, but I, I mean, he's a little bit bigger than him. Um, but I don't know if he's the number one pick, but also Mike Dunleavy is a GM in the NBA. So maybe he says you should take him number one. Well, Justin Edwards is the other name, right? Your Kentucky yeah. guy. I feel like he's the one that some people might talk themselves into because of the potential and he could end up going number one. Yeah, I think all the intangible. Well, what I was going to say, I just thought of in the moment there is that like Dunleavy in 2002 would be much different than Dunleavy coming into the league in 2023. I think True. we'd be viewing him totally different, uh, differently. Um, but yeah, I mean, even just like saying Holland just now, when we were talking about like, well, this is the guy who keeps producing. And I brought this up on our draft show. It's just that like people keep talking about him and that like there are some common denominators between him and some like, you know, physically among their peers this happens where like physically kind of dominant big forwards do this thing where they're just consistently productive in every setting because they are trading on those things those advantages they have and you think back about like a michael kid gilchrist i'm not saying this is who he is but i'm just saying these are similar phenomenons and i brought this up on our show but and then like a josh jackson you watch those guys and you're like man they just produce oh man they play super hard it is a dangerous consensus to just say, well, I don't have anything else. And I'll fall into this and just say Ron Holland is number one. So I'm kind of criticizing myself and what I just said. But I mean, I could easily see Edwards moving up to that top spot. If he if he d- develops and shows some consistency shooting the ball off the move, like in some switchability, I could absolutely see a solid argument for him going, going number one. But it is very in the air with this class. I get that. And that's why I think I could talk myself in. There's one outside guy looking in, and I think he's in Los Angeles. And no, it's not Bronny James. Isaiah Collier. I think Isaiah Collier is one of those guys because of the eyeballs on USC. People trying to tune in. Will Bronny play? When will he play? Let's keep up with this team. We, you know, Nike's talking about him. Nike's putting him on the forefront. I think he's a guy. And, you know, you watch him in the pick and roll. He is very evolved in the pick and roll. And I think there's, you know, a team that may have the number one pick that talks themselves into. We need someone to be our guy, to be our quarterback of our team. And Isaiah Collier is that guy. So I think he's another name I would be interested in. I think he could shoot up draft boards and also you could talk yourself into it. I saw Stefan Castle uh, from UConn as high as number three on some of these boards as well. I don't I don't really know. I mean, I feel like he and Justin Edwards are similarly built, um, but I think Edwards is maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit more upside. But I also haven't seen Castle play as much as I've seen Edwards. So I, you know, I, I could be shocked. And then a day Mara at UCLA, I've seen him top five. I mean, he's seven foot three, can pass the ball, can score, and he's gonna get opportunity at UCLA. So he's another name to throw into the mix. So I I think there's a lot of conversations to be had. I just don't think there's a, obviously a Wimbenyama. And do, are we going to watch Ignite games? You know, now we have Holland and Buzelis. Like it, last year, we wanted to watch because we had, you know, Scoot playing, obviously. And then he played Wimby in that showcase. But like, are people going to be tuning in to watch these two guys? No. I mean, I don't want <laughs> right. to be that That's dismissive. I mean. But yeah. it's like, if Scoot can't do it, I mean, Scoot had some of that entertaining factor. Most most of the I'm speaking as somebody there's a lot of games to watch over the course of a year. I mean, I'm somebody who kind of watched them after their season was over. I didn't really. But it's not like a that's different. That's like a 
I there's a difference between I'm tuning in for the event of this and I want to see what people are saying on Twitter. Like I want to be a part of the the sort of experience and the like, okay, I'm watching these in sort of an academic heavy quotes way. Uh, because it is basketball at the end of the day, but like I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know that the G League is ever going to have that. I don't, I don't know that that, that OTE is ever going to have that, just because I think the the difference there is just the generations of fans built in. You know, you're not you're not going to get the same investment of like, oh man, Carolina, we got Wake Forest on Saturday, right? Even though even if Wake Forest isn't any good, and you get an event out of that, you're just I don't I don't know that you're ever going to get that like at the G League games. And I also think there's a lot of fair weather younger fans that will watch a game or go to a game like that one time. And they, they're like, I did that. I checked the box. They don't keep up. So I think it's just a different entertainment, you know, vacuum that they're in. So it's no threat to college basketball. I will be interested, interested to see how they develop uh, during the year. One last thing we got to talk about before we do shout outs. This is a new mystery, the Avisic mystery. He is the big that was coming over to Kentucky, coming to Lexington. He was going to shore up their front court. Now it looks like he will not play for the Wildcats. Uh, you know, very Enos Cantor esque, I guess, where you get excited about a guy and then they come over and they never end up playing for Kentucky. What is the update here, Kyle, man, if any? I just know that he's not going to play because he didn't pass exams or something. I don't know what's going on. What What have you heard in the world of the Avisage mystery? Uh, it's weird because it's not like officially official. It's not like set in stone. This guy isn't coming, but it is all quiet right now on the mm. uh, whatever directional front that you want to pick there. <laughs> it's like uh, on the Croatian front. Like basically what, what what I've gotten and I feel like what people are sort of like carefully stepping around, whether it's because people cover the team on a day to day basis and they don't want to just come out and say this. I don't know why, but the vibe that I'm getting is that he was accused of getting extra help on his English Ooh. equivalency tests. Uh, and there is basically a standoff between, and, and from what I understand is that the help that he got was the result of, um, it, it's a written test. It's that, you know, he's supposedly from what I've heard had like, has like a, a situation where he needs help. I can relate to this. I was a terrible test taker in, in in high school, like really, really bad. Like I did really poorly on all my standardized stuff. And I think I had like a learning disability. I didn't even know. That's another conversation for another day. <laughs> but uh, like I literally just couldn't read. The, anyway, I, I understand where he's coming from. Um, if you listen to the kids speak, if you watch some of his pre-draft like interviews, he clearly can speak and communicate and he's very fluent and fluid and knows what he's talking about. Um, the, the vibe I've gotten is that there were some accusations of him getting extra help. You can use another synonym there if you want. Uh, cheating would be the word that I've heard. <laughs> uh, so like he needed extra help. He got it. Uh, the university didn't feel good about this. This is all just sort of me put, piecing this together from what I've heard secondhand from a lot of different sources who are confirming the same thing. Uh, so I think that the the administration and the and the school and the basketball you know staff are sort of like in this argument about like fear of precedent that they, this could set, how it's going to look. But I think the short sighted part of this is that um, they're not you know taking into account how it looks on their end. So I understand them trying to like hold up some kind of academic standard. But the dude is barely going to be at Kentucky. He's obviously not coming to Kentucky to be like a career student. You never know yeah. what could happen. He could come back and get his degree, but he's coming to play basketball. So I don't understand. So to answer your question, it's not dead dead. But it's pretty unless something changes in that dynamic, in that standoff between those two, if they can come to some sort of like, you know, you do you scratch our back, we'll scratch your back sort of in a PR way, they might be able to get this figured out. But as of right now, they're just in sort of a stalemate. And and like there's something going on with like the enrollment stuff where that's like extending this to um, where I, I forget the actual date where he could still enroll and still be a student. Um mm. It's very complicated, I th but I think that that accusation is the detail that's not really being talked about outwardly in, in, from what I've seen. I remember with Imani Bates, uh, when he was going to Memphis, it was like they, there was all this stuff leading up to it that there was, you know, enrollment issues. And then, like, I remember we searched the database of Memphis and then saw that he got, like, put into the registrar after the, the end date. But all in all, he got in. 
Um, so there's some chicanery that could happen. A tale as old as time is academics versus athletics at any campus because it's all about the rev share and who's getting what and who's getting attention and all this sort of stuff. So like you said, maybe there's a world in which John Calipari says, we'll donate this amount of money from the Champions Classic to help build you this new building. So, uh, And it's uh, all about our English department. And then he's enrolled yeah, in, Tate, in so English. You're already better at this. Than- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm sure Cal has those plans in place. Like, right. like his pitch that stuff but that yeah. that's what's going to happen if this is going to happen and if it doesn't happen that's because they have enough help in the front court already so i mean and, and thank god for west virginia and the purge that happened so i think they were able to shore up some of that stuff in the first place so um at the end of the day i feel bad for him especially because like you said in his interviews seems like he's very communicative and you know speaks english pretty solidly and probably would be a great boost to this kentucky team and it looks like the bigs are the most important thing in college basketball you can always use more bigs so um, is he an NBA draft guy, by the way? Like, is he if he is he yeah. just going to put his name in the draft? OK, so he's I, th- I think he is. Right. I, I, okay. I mean, I think in the in the spring, I think he's probably he's projected as a first rounder. And I think, you know, a, a guy who's uh, there's like debate over how tall he actually is. But if he's seven, one, seven, two, and he's, you know, at least a like moderately, uh, you know, proficient spot up shooter. Just he moves pretty well for his size. He's a pretty easy mover. I think in a, in a college offense with better athletes and you know better talent, I think that his life is going to be a little bit easier than it was on the team he was on. I think Kentucky needs him, I honestly do because Ugana and Yinso. I don't I don't know that he's going to be ready from a skill standpoint. He obviously reclassed. He's technically like a freshman age wise this year. I think they need him to be frank. Um, and I, I would like to see him on this team. Uh, he's going to be icing on the cake. I think that Brad, Aaron Bradshaw is going to be the guy that plays more, but um, yeah. uh, I hope it gets resolved because I'd like to see him in this offense. Cause it, it's a thing that Cal hasn't embraced in the past, like a player like him. And then like that shoots like he does. And with, you know, with Trey and with him, I, th- I think that it would be a really, a really interesting dynamic to show that Cal's kind of changed his ways so yeah Cal needs someone to show that he's evolved that he's willing to kind of get out of his own way at times so maybe this is the guy to do it maybe it's time Cal makes that phone call and says let's build that building Um, let's give the English department what they want so we'll see what happens I like that I like the the new mystery the the new irony of of the English equivalency (laughs) test and building an English building let's do it let's build a building let's do it man let's build a new building for the English department let's get a visa in there and let's teach him teach him something I think that's the, the ribbon yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's I think that's the show that we all want to see at the end of the day. And also it's just education, folks. We're just trying to get everybody educated. And he can go to school, you know, at age 45 to 48 to finish out for for all, you know, it's for the rest of his life. It's open-ended invitation. That's what we want. Um, I love to see it. Let's get the shout outs because we're done with that mystery. Uh shout out to Rashid Wallace. It's his birthday. Um, As we were talking about him being potentially Coach Prime, I just wanted to shout out Rasheed Wallace. Leads the NBA in ejections. I don't think that will ever be touched um, because no one will ever have that type of bravado and that willingness to be thrown out of games. So happy birthday to Rasheed Wallace. I thought that was great. Um, 50 days till college basketball. Shout out to that. We're so close. It's happening. It's right around the corner. We're figuring out our plans here at OSP, but we're very excited um, about what's going on. Uh, Kyle, I know you have some headlines. Let's throw those out for the people and uh, we'll do some shout outs that way. Sure. First of all, shout out to James Gandolfini too. His birthday as well. Oh, um, legend. Yeah, that matters. Big time. That matters. <laughs> How often did he think about Rome? You know what I mean? How often? Like, that is a, that's a great question. I think a lot. I think he dreamt about Rome more than he thought yeah, about I think but... he thought he was Julius Caesar at the end of the day, which I respect. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we had that great line, right? When he was like, where are the Romans now when they were shaking down the Jewish guy? He's yeah. Like, the Romans were great. Where are they now? And they're like standing over They're like, you're fucking looking at him. So that's cool. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do you guys know about this Dartmouth um, unionized the, the push to unionize Dartmouth athletics. Do you know about this? It's classic. You know what I mean? The Ivy League, they're always trying to take the first step. You know what I mean? So this, this is one one step for mankind. What do they want? Less homework or something? What are they going to demand? No, <laughs> they, they want demand? less practice time and, and they oh, okay. want more time to do their homework and they want to have like uh, certain hours marked down and um, I think they want to tweet hashtags. Yeah, I think they're fired up. So Dartmouth, they've started a movement. They've got go. a whole 15 signatures on the petition. So that's... Whoa. That's Kyle, have they... Have they reached out to you about any kind of promotional rap kind of materials? <laughs> yeah, I, like, don't so. uh, I don't think so. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. It's not good for much except for a, a snarky uh, p- uh, article in the LA Times. So I don't think that'll matter much for Dartmouth. So 
Get ready for that article. Hopefully the spun will pick it up. There yeah, you go. I hope so. That's where it'll be. That'll be page six of the Google search. Right. All right. So I think so far they've just filed the petition and we'll um we'll check in as as they get more signatures, I guess. <laughs> right. I guess you only right. need fifteen if like you have the entirety of the basketball team, so you don't need like a lot now, many more than fifteen. Is- you're just trying to see like if other people would join the space race at this point. You know what I mean? Like they put this out there <laughs> and they're just trying to see like next up, like Rhode Island is going to unionize. You know what I mean? That That's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to be first. This and then is, if people follow their leaders. Yeah. This smart. is the way these things always go. It always starts from like left of the dial. Like, I mean, like ideologically, it's always like these schools. Like, I guess it's you never see people who have like NBA, like real money on the line. It's like Dartmouth. You know, perennially not a team that's like, you know, a factor in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you know, it's right. always like any team, it's it always once something becomes lucrative and people see that it's like it is is worth their while to invest in an idea. It's never the idea purely itself. It's always like the things Do you that think come Princeton, along with it. Princeton making a run, those guys are like, Yes, boys, <laughs> fire up the printers. <laughs> we're we're uh, we're yeah. doing the thing. It's our Prince time. is like Prince is like we're too good to do that. Like we're we're like we're gonna let Dartmouth do this. You know what I mean? Like they're they're like we're making a run. You know what I mean? They got they got other stuff going on. But if you're Dartmouth, you're like now's the time. Like you're in some business class. Your teacher's talking about unionizing. You're like it's a pretty good idea. Why don't I go tell my teammates? And then all of a sudden, New York Times. Look at us. Or, I, front page. I'd be interested to see like if there's another party in their ear, kind of motivating them to do it, or just like sort of like you know incepting sort of the idea, yeah, and thanks, then they Biden. act on it. And then, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Princeton from, is sort from of page like of the New York Times. Like, good, any any good like PR is like any PR is good PR for the for the. Would well, be funny if it's team. like some kid's college project. Like it's his senior yeah. project, and he's like, I yeah, started can I can I unionize my basketball team? My senior project. Yeah, right. Like he presents it to the class. Is like got fifteen signatures. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I love their like I love Dartmouth's like official statement too because it was such a like Ivy League like we have the utmost respect for unions generally like I just love that they were like we're cool. generally we're allies we're allies we just want to be cool to be clear that we're allies just you know, don't just do it to us them. whereas in the SEC they'd be like what is this bullshit you know like yeah. I just feel like it would just go totally differently I imagine know, if like, Memphis announced this Memphis is union <laughs> the basketball team is unionizing Penny Hardaway is like in front of it all he's like they're all cut Memphis Memphis's official response was the fuck that's all two word response yeah uh, i don't know i just i i was amused by that um yeah i don't know it's gonna take it's gonna take years for this kind of thing to move into like general acceptance if it ever does i feel like i mean yeah but I, this is like i said it's the first step so shout out to dartmouth you guys are first you won uh it's in the game of basketball whoever yells first gets the ball so dartmouth you got the ball there you go shout that's out to good. that kid's uh senior thesis too so yeah right <laughs> good, good luck good luck to him yeah uh, this is just a great headline. It's just a video from Fox 61, which I can almost assume uh, with 100% certainty is a Connecticut uh, local news station. Here's the headline. Is the Big East the best conference in college basketball? <laughs> Rick Pitino returns award predictions. This is, uh, you know, they've got the the UConn and, and all that stuff. But there's, I just love seeing these headlines now. Uh, but, you know, 50 days out. Is the Big East the best conference in college basketball? They have an argument, which is awesome for them. I mean, I think the Big 12 is probably the right answer at this point. And obviously, you have a juggernaut in Kansas who's the favorite to win the national championship this year. Obviously, we got the Arterio Morris situation going on. So that's a whole... We're not going to talk about that until we know, but that's going to affect them at some level. But in general, the Big 12 is probably the right answer. But as far as fun for our show, yeah, the Big East is the best. Why not? I mean, Rick Pitino's there. Show me a better coach. Connecticut Station. This like, are, are well, we the best? <laughs> UConn, <laughs> UConn is not afraid to say they're the best, and that's why yeah. we love them. You know what I mean? I, they're not afraid. They're not afraid of the smoke. Can't say anything right now. I mean, yeah, in terms of like the, the quality of coaches they have in the league too. Like, I mean, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty solid cast. It just keeps. It's nice to see the Big East sort of re-solidify, you know, like I, I've enjoyed doing that. Obviously, P- Patino playing a big part in that. You know, Creighton has teams, has like some experienced guys coming back. Colt Brenner's gotten some some player of the year buzz. You got our guy Shireman coming back. Uh, obviously, they lost Nimhard, you know, and things like that, but are in Kaluma. But then you got, you know, Iso Igadaro coming back from Mar- Marquette. I just think that uh, there's a lot of talent throughout the league and UConn obviously reloading. Um, we'll see if they'll be as good as they were last year. I think it's a very strong possibility that they will. I, they need Villanova. I know Villanova is a good. common talking point on the show for us. I know 
we need them to get good again if the Big East is going to like really reach that last level of power, I feel like. And, and whether Ed Cooley can turn Georgetown around, too, uh, will be a big thing, too. So yeah, maybe that will like be the it. new Big East. We'll never have the old Big East, but this is just no. the Big East, and it'll be the new Big East. Yeah. It's happening, yeah. Kyle. It's happening right in front of our very eyes. Well, they won Thank the you, national Coach title, Pitino. so I guess we can't like make fun of them and say, well, let's wait and see if they're back, because they're back. I mean, it's just... Uh, yeah, we I, I want to see these other powers get back so that we can hit that like top, like all all systems firing on all cylinders kind of thing. I like it. All right. Two quick notes then. Um uh Jawan Howard just underwent a special or successful heart procedure. He should be back in time for the college basketball season. I just thought it'd be nice to shout him out. Uh that's a good as shout we out did with uh Bill Self uh last year. So Nice to see that heart procedures are going off without a hitch. What a great time to for heart procedures, just in general, I think. Right? Yeah, I mean, right. It's, just, it's a great time to get surgeries, I feel like. I think I think if you ever, like in the history of the world, now's a good time if you need something specific to get done. And uh, these estheticians are doing a great job. So shout out to them. And uh, I mean, I saw Dak Prescott literally went under 11 <laughs> hours to get a tattoo. An elective. I, was like, I was like, we're. I was like, maybe we've jumped the shark here. Like, I, like, I don't know if you need to do that uh, for a tattoo, but people are doing it. That's just shows how good it is and also Jawan Howard um yeah sh- I mean shout out to him these coaches need a break that's what I'm learning Bill Self Jawan Howard this is the 12 month never stop cycle so um maybe these guys could, could maybe get a couple months off shout out to all the transfer portal rules that don't make any sense so uh well, it was always a year-round job but it's like now it's it's even more intense you do want I mean like the, the it's stress roster of it. construction 24 7 I mean you're yeah. recruiting your own players back to your team you have active players on your team that you have to recruit on your team I mean it's insane I've never seen yeah, him like it. You just got that kind of like uh, Jolene energy where you can't sort of settle into your relationship. You're always worried somebody's going to steal your man. You know, right. it's like uh, they, it's just I, I can't imagine how stressful it would be. I mean, I, I'm sure it was a thing in the past where like transfer sort of porting w- went on sort of in back channels. But now with like talent at the top top level, it was um, it's just so much more immediate. Um, so, yeah, shout out, shout out to shout out to Juwan. Get healthy, get, get healthy, get, uh, get feeling better. Shout out to uh, the Maui Invitational staying in Hawaii. I think we went over this last week, but it's actually, uh, there's a little it's more official. information. It's going to be going to the island of Oahu and, uh, while the Civic Center is being used for a bunch of recovery stuff. So uh, that speculation that it was going to be in Vegas, uh, no. And I think Thank I've seen God. enough of Vegas for a little while. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's going to be, it's going to stay in Hawaii. And I think that's what matters most. Shout out that they could still use the, uh, the facility to help people that need it. But we're staying in Hawaii, which is nice. Staying in Hawaii is great. That's good. I think the most important thing is that we get the go- the rims from from Lahaina and get them <laughs> right. over that. That's the, most, that that's the most signif- like signature thing about that event is those soft ass rims, man. Those like been in the park for fifty years rims. I don't know, so- softest rims in the game. I, I think that that's one thing that we got to make sure we do. I feel like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a cold splash of water for the shooters coming into that gym. Uh, when it when it clanks off, it's going to be like hitting a double rim. Got to do it. it. Got to get it done. There's nothing like the Civic Center. And also, at the end of the day, three of the last four Maui Invitationals have not been in Maui. So, I mean, this has just been a dark timeline in general. We got to get back to Lahaina. Luckily, it sounds like all of the profits coming in from the tournament will be, you know, kind of funded and funneled back to Lahaina for all the recovery efforts. So that's good. Um, and then there's a scrimmage happening. Kansas is doing a little scrimmage. So that's going to be good to, to raise some funds. But um, the fact that it's not in the Civic Center breaks my heart. But uh, it's good news that it's at least, you know, in Hawaii and they'll have some of the same, you know, feelings and vibes, but nothing's like the Civic Center. I mean, we'll never, you, you don't get basketball like that uh, in college anymore. So shout out to them. That was a Maybe. great... Big Wave Billy can do something to bring it a little closer to home. He'll he'll have he, some. He nice didn't words call last year. I was so upset. Um, you know, he well, didn't they've got the got to bring him then, right? Or at least they've got to right. bring him as like an ambassador, just to get everyone on the same page. Just get this man in the building and let him do what he does. Uh, is Bill Walton the coach prime of college basketball? Like, is he oh, the only one that could <laughs> actually make? I mean, I think everyone would play for Bill Walton. Are you kidding me? And the press conferences afterwards, those team meetings would be pretty long, though. <laughs> let me tell you about oh. Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> Coach, they're tipping the ball off. <laughs> Let me tell you about Pete Newell. Oh, tip off the greatest point of any basketball game when everything goes down. Yeah, You know what happened? That was Pete Carrill-esque. And everyone's like, what the hell? Here he goes. 20 minutes. It's gonna Let be me great. tell you about when Greg Pavovich <laughs> interned with Larry Brown at Kansas. That's, that's my, that really that's my yeah, bill. Yeah, that was a good one. That, that was, was really good. Walton. Pomona I think that's, Pitzer. 
Uh, I just love get... when he starts listing off nouns, pronouns, like that. It doesn't really <laughs> even matter. Yeah, he's like back cut, Princeton basketball. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. scoop a doop. <laughs> he just says things. You're like, all right, this is great. This is great. All right, Bill. I think I think that's our. I think that could be our last shout out. Shout out to Bill Walton. Uh, what a legend. What a guy. Um, he's the best. We need him back on the show eventually uh, and as soon as possible at the same time to talk about the Pac-12. We'll see what happens with that. Kyle, man, anything else before we get out of here? Another Manic Monday. Great times. Uh, any more shout outs or are we, are we good to go? Uh, you know, not a lot going on in my life. Other, uh, you know, my dog got attacked on a walk the other day, but that's oh negative. God. I think we're trying to keep it positive, right? Do we want to keep, keep it positive? positive? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think so. I'll skip goodness, that story. I'm so sorry that happened. Uh, uh, you know, just some dude, some dude, uh, had his, you know, was, you know, messing with his, his little cart or something. His dog wasn't, uh, he wasn't holding the leash. Oh. I did, I did one of those, not to be too dr- dramatic about this, but I did one of these, this dog sprints towards ours and it, it wasn't a full blown, like kick the football kick, but I did a full blown, like Santa in, in, uh, the Christmas story push. Uh, I had enough time to size him up. Like eighty, probably eighty hundred pound dog did a full on push with his head. Luckily, Stiff arm. He grabbed the leash. It's dramatic. Anyway, not a lot. You know, it was it was a nice quiet weekend in the best way for me. So things are good. I'm ready. I'm ready for college basketball tape. Yeah, shout out to Kyle, man. That's a real manic Monday right there. <laughs> um, and you survived it. And my goodness, uh, what what a hero! Uh, I'm a hero. But, yeah, I you am. are <laughs> local local neighborhood legends. We love to see that. Kyle, do you have anything else before we get out of here? Well, you know, I could see why you want. If you took a peek at the things that I had, I could see why you wanted to wrap this one up early. Uh, I was just, I this was really for you, Tate, and I wanted maybe Kyle to be able to to maybe weigh in here. It just says uh, this is the name of the ar- article. It's from Ball Durham, which you can kind of already see where I'm going here. Duke mm. basketball unmasking the hate for the Blue Devils. So somebody's explaining why. And I'm not going to have you read the whole thing. I just wrote three sentences that I'll read to you really quick. And you tell Please. me if this sounds right to you. This is this is a whole, and it's it's written by a Duke fan, which is like, it's saying the guy was a 21-year Army vet, whatever. And oh, then at the end, it's this Duke fan. But he, and he wrote way too much. It was like a classic. There was no editor involved in this. Here's the first one. The competitive edge and c- occasional on-court intensity displayed by Coach K and his teams have led some fans to perceive them as arrogant and unsportsmanlike. So is that making sense? That's just the miscommunication here. Coach K's reputation as a master motivator <laughs> and his talent for crafting narratives that galvanize his team can inadvertently cast Duke as a villain. Inadvertently. inadvertently. <laughs> and as a symbol yep. of basketball supremacy in the eyes of opposing <laughs> fans. And the last line I have here, the intense media coverage, the national following, and the anyone but Duke sentiment collectively contribute to the complex and multifaceted narrative surrounding Duke basketball. I So I do mean, they just that, have a bad rap? <laughs> no, that, that's manic right there. That is insane. Those statements are insane. And obviously, it's a Duke fan. First off, AB, it's not ABD, dumbass. It's ABC. It's anybody but Carolina. That's where that comes from. So he literally is trying to steal the NC State moniker that they dumbass. use. That, <laughs> dumbass. Uh, it's not ABD. Uh, it's ABC. So I, I even know what the knock is on Carolina. And you're trying to you're trying to co-op our our knocks as your own, which is insane. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, two, what the hell are you talking about? Coach K manipulates games by flopping and complaining to the officials. That's what he's most famous for and has led to the death of basketball as we know it. Uh, this Duke fan has fired <laughs> me up. But it's okay. Uh, you're right, Kyle. That Duke fan is correct. That's why we hate Duke. That's the only reason. It's it's because they're so great. We cannot even we can't handle their greatness. That's why we hate them. That was on like the eighth tab of the Google College Basketball oh search. My God. And I was like, I can't believe it. It's slow, slow times, slow times in college basketball. Have we have we not dissected why people hate Duke enough? Like, does that, I know do we really right. need? Let's let it, like, let's I just let like it, it when Duke fans say why because it's never the I reason. <laughs> I love I love that. Like, sorry, I'm too smart. Sorry, I'm too good. Sorry, it's like what is happening? This is not what we are mad about. Sorry, not um, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Big they're not sorry. 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 Coach yeah. K's passion. It just nobody. It's all misunderstood. And- Did Coach K write that? Is the question. I think that is uh, that's our next follow up. That's our next mystery. Um, Kyle, thanks for bringing that up at the end. Uh, that got me fired up. That's what we. That's what we want on this kind of Monday. I uh, appreciate everyone listening to One Shining Podcast. We will be back on Thursday. And then in a week from now, we'll be back with Kyle Man on the Manic Monday. So look at us. We got a little routine going. Appreciate everybody tuning in. And again, we will see you on Thursday. Thursday.